everybody's talking about the new schedule. My life has changed. Uh, television in America has changed. I am now seen at 10 p.m. Eastern time. And you know what? I really like it. I like the schedule. I like, uh, I get I get the sense that by 10 o'clock, the noise is kind of over, right? The noise, you know, and what, by the way, 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock means different things to different people. It means dinner time. It means the movies. It means going out. It means uh, uh, quiet. It means everything, something different to everybody. And on television, sometimes it's the straight news. Sometimes it's some guy yelling. Isn't Jim Cramer, is that guy still on TV? Isn't he yelling at 7 o'clock? They're all over the place. And uh, so it, it just depends what channel you're watching. But uh, I have an opinion and commentary show, and people kind of understand that that starts to happen at 10 p.m. Well, it actually starts happening um, across the board at 8 p.m., and uh, I, I like it. So far, so good. And I think the inaugural Greg Kelly 10 p.m. episode was, uh, well, what can I tell you? My parents liked it. <laughs> the wife liked it. Some people checked in on social media as well. Kind of laid out everything uh, about me in terms of, uh, well, what you need to know for a show like that. Long story short, I just said, look, this is a conspicuous, uh, I'm conspicuously biased. I make no bones about it, all right? I'm rooting for Trump. I like the guy. I like his policies. I like his style. I even like the tweets, all right? And that's where I'm coming from. I see the world through that prism. Now, why, why, why mention that? Well, so many folks in the fake news, they pretend, they pretend that they're neutral. They pretend that it's all about the facts. They pretend that they don't have an opinion, but they do, and it colors everything they do. Everything they say, how they say it, it is influenced by by that bias, all right, or their boss's bias or whatever. So I think it's nice to say it out loud what they won't say out loud, okay? I'm rooting for Trump. I like the guy, all right? I want him coming back, and I like the agenda. By 10 o'clock at night, you know what has happened in the world, right? You do. I mean, we all kind of through digital osmosis get a sense of what's going on. All right. So the other things it's important to me, um, number one, having a honest conversation about race, an honest and helpful and productive conversation about race. Sometimes it's an uncomfortable conversation about race to avoid the stupid one that everybody insists on having right now. The stupid one that was led by Barack Obama once he became president. If I had a son, Trayvon would look like me. Remember when saying that somebody of the same race looking like you was kind of racist in and of itself, and now everyone's going, I want I want a boss who looks like me. I need more. What does Eric Adams say? Eric Adams needs, uh, he wants reporters that look like him. Huh? And that's why the reporters, by the way, you know, little racial, little racist virtue signaling can work. Adams has our so-called tough, the toughest press corps in the country, totally neutered, totally subservient. The New York Times, you know, they used to do these big, important pieces. You know, they would just tell you everything you needed to know. For instance, the new police commissioner, a couple of, uh, when was that? When she gets appointed a couple of months ago, big job, right? All right, who is this person? Never heard of her before. Key Chance Sewell. All right, well. Tell me what you got there, New York Times. And they have this little this little thing. It's called Man in the News or Woman in the News, right? Introducing a newsmaker or somebody who's going to be making a lot of news to New York, to the people, right? Because we never heard of this individual before. Now they're, they're very important. So you're going to write a story about that and tell everybody. So I try to learn about uh, the new police commissioner. And what do they leave out? Well, <laughs> they leave out where she lives. 
They leave out her marital situation. They leave out her education, right? Why? I mean, I'm sorry. It's not. It's it, it's neither here nor there. I don't care if you're a high school dropout or you have a PhD from Harvard. It makes you who you are. There are people who have dropped out of high school who are a thousand times smarter than those Harvard PhDs. But it gives you a sense of the person. But now they leave those details out, especially when the reporters, by the way, are white and they're writing about people of color because they don't, oh, my gosh. And if you're a woman, the moment Eric Adams calls you a Karen, the moment Eric Adams says, I don't like reporters who don't look like me, that, that sh- sends shutters. Up to, you know, they're, afraid, they're afraid for their jobs. It really is. Because the woke New York Times, they're as crazy as hell. Uh, they'll do anything. They will do anything, including, I mean, they're hiring, obviously, based on what people look like and gender and all that nonsense, stuff that doesn't matter to people. But really, they're obsessed with, so obsessed with. Um, anyway, let's have a serious conversation about race instead of the silly, stupid one. Like, by the way, we're all the fathers in the African-American community. Why don't they stick around? Not all, but a lot. Too many. Too many are, are AWOL. Too many are MIA, missing in action. This afflicts all communities, but nowhere is it worse than in the African-American community. And are we just going to pretend that this is caused by white cops? Right? Is that what... Or we're going to remain hung up on decisions that were made in the 1600s, right? Is that why it's happening? Now, I don't know why it's happening, but I know having a debate about 1619 or 1622, that's not going to help us. That's not going to help. That's not going to help all these beautiful babies, too many of whom are growing up without fathers, too many of whom are now resorting to gun violence. And killing other children. You know, black lives matter, baby. Absolutely. But not the way the Black Lives Matter movement says. Because they only give a damn the Black Lives Matter leadership when a black life is taken by a white cop. That's it. Why? Because there's money to be made. There's status to be achieved. Power. And that's what they want. You think Al Sharpton is motivated by anything other than power, status, and money? Take a good look at that guy. We've known him for a long time. He's busy fooling the rest of the country, but he doesn't fool us. And for one, I'm going to do it again. One brief shining moment, Barack Obama, he was like, wow. But this is only back when he was trying to get us to like him. This is how we know he's in it for himself. Hey, by the way, did I just hear somebody say that there was, that Donald Trump is pushing false conspiracies about the 2020 election? Who decreed them false? Who just came out and decreed them false? I'd like to know. Did we have a committee? Did we have, I mean, who, what? Guy's the smartest, probably, I think he's the most smartest. He's the smartest president I think we've ever had. And he's got antennae and radar going on, and he can pick up stuff that there's a certain animal instinct. I believe he will be vindicated when it comes to his concerns about the 2020 election. Big time, big time. All right, I'll get back to that. The other thing is, uh, oh, yeah, Barack Obama, back when he was was trying to woo us. One more reminder that he knows, I guess I'm going to take him at his word that he believed this when he said it. He knows the problem. 
but since he got booed, not in this moment, but he did get booed. He got he got heat from the left, and he never tried it again. Too bad because he could have hurt. He could have maybe he could have saved this country. Cut thirty one. Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL. You and I know this is true everywhere, but nowhere is it more true than in the African-American community. We know the statistics that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime. They're nine times more likely to drop out of school, 20 times more likely to end up in prison. Wow. That's some pretty straight talk, huh? He wasn't done there. This is 2008, by the way, before he became president. But he's running for president. And also, it's in June of 2008. So what was going on there? He already won the nomination. He was killing time before the convention and getting ready for the general. But that's not when a lot of folks are paying attention. So it was safe to deliver a message like this. Uh, Let me see here. Cut 32, please. Cut 32. Barack Obama, June... Senator Obama in June of 2008. We need fathers to recognize that responsibility doesn't just end at conception. That doesn't just make you a father. What makes you a man is not the ability to have a child. Any fool can have a child. That doesn't make you a father. It's the courage to raise a child. That makes you a father. Huh. Yeah, I agree with him about the substance. But by the way, you notice his uh, his voice sounded a little bit different somehow. What was it about his voice that seemed just a little bit uh, different from how he normally talks? Let me hear a few, few more seconds. One, one, 32. One more time. Just a little bit. We need fathers to recognize that responsibility doesn't just end at conception. That doesn't just make you a father. What makes you a man is not the ability to have a child. Any fool can have a child. Yeah, there's that. That's all right. He's in the hood. He's talking in the hood. He's in the hood. And that's that was the whole thing. This is why he became so obsessed with himself, so narcissistic. I can walk into any room in America and own it. I can be black. I can be white. I can be street. I can be Harvard. The thing was, and this always plagued him, the street actually viewed him with a great deal of suspicion. And you can look it up. He ran for Congress. They were like, is this guy even black? Now, that's what Bobby Rush was saying, the incumbent black congressman in Chicago that Obama tried to knock off, take out of office back in 2000. I mean, I wonder if it's like what George W. Bush went through. Basically, after he lost when he ran for Congress in 1978, he vowed no one's ever going to out-cowboy me. Because he was tagged as a Yaley and uh, not really Texan. So he went all in on the pork rinds and the ranch and the cowboy hat and all that crap. Now, it's not crap if you grew up with it, if you believe in it, but it's crap if you just adopt it for optics. Phony. Wow, too bad. And so he's saying all this interesting stuff, and he's, you know, speaking some truth back in 2008 when it didn't matter. But it was a brief shining moment because uh, Jesse Jackson got mad. Now, you're going to hear Jesse Jackson whisper. This is Jesse Jackson whispering. He wants to cut off Barack Obama's. I don't know why we bleeped it out because it's not a bad word. So I'm going to say it right here. 
he wants to cut Barack Obama's nuts for talking down to black people. This is Jesse Jackson caught on the hot mic waiting for an appearance on Fox News right after uh, the man, Obama, said all that stuff. Uh, let's see here. Cut 34. All right. You can't hear a damn thing. I know. You got to believe me. He's saying he's really he's he's going to cut his nuts off. And he never did it again. Brock didn't get his nuts cut off because he started obeying the, the far left and Jesse and all those folks. Hey, the January 6th phony baloney Stalinist committee is acting like they're onto something, like they really found out something because a congressman was giving a tour to a number of constituents on January 5th. Ooh, how suspicious. Giving them a tour of the Rayburn House office building. When you go to the Capitol, do you want a tour of the House Rayburn office building? If you have an appointment with your congressman, they may take you around there. And everyone's acting like, oh, we have this on videotape. It's amazing. He's giving a tour of the House Rayburn office building. Well, can I ask you, uh, what does the House Rayburn office building look like? Was that on TV on January 6th? No, it wasn't. It was the capital they went into. So if this is a reconnaissance run, it was totally ineffective. And and I see Andrea Mitchell. Andrea Mitchell is on television asking about what some Yahoo, why that person was taking pictures in a public place on January 5th of 2021. That's, uh, that's where we are. Meanwhile, <laughs> this is all a distraction because... Did you see the disgraceful speech? You probably did, and it happened during the day, but this was as bad as it gets. I mean, he was yelling his head off. I mean, totally crazy. Barack Obama, I'm sorry, Joe Biden. Barack Obama, why did they pick this guy again? Somebody tell me. Thanks a lot, Barack. Uh, Joe Biden in Philadelphia yelling at the AFL-CIO. Keep in mind... These people are Democrats. They're generally supportive of Joe Biden. Cut 41, please. Not only is it infrastructure weak, we've arrived at infrastructure decade. The middle class built this country, and unions built the middle class. <laughs> I'm not joking. Without unions, there'd be no middle class. Union partnerships allow workers to earn while they learn. We're making Buy American a reality, not just a slogan. I award no contracts. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. It's just so furious. He doesn't want to hear any lies. He's too busy telling them. He's too busy telling them. He told them his whole career. He doesn't even notice when he's doing it. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Two more cops. Two more police officers shot and killed responding to a situation outside of Los Angeles. Two more police officers yesterday. Have you noticed that? We seem to be losing cops in pairs a lot. A lot. Here in New York, in Harlem. And uh, the ones that I think of first, and it's happened a lot in this city, but what first comes to mind, uh, Wen Jin Liu and Raphael Ramos, they were gunned down in December of 2014. Um, 
that's when de Blasio and his lieutenant, Bratton, the police commissioner at the time, decided to let the riots, let them blow off steam. Do you remember what they were rioting about? The Staten Island Grand Jury decided to not indict Officer Pantaleo for the killing of, uh, or the death, I should say. Uh, forgive me, I forgot his name. Eric Garner. Yeah, Eric Garner. And uh, So there were riots like crazy. And de Blasio wanted a light touch. A light touch. Sure, let them take over the FDR Drive. Sure, let them take over the Brooklyn-Manhattan Bridge. Sure, let them take over First Avenue, right? Because, hey, it's a peaceful protest. Well, you can't take over a bridge at the FDR Drive. Hey, have you ever been sitting in your car when it's surrounded by a bunch of peaceful protesters? It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. So all the mayhem is going on, and guess what? Some maniac in Maryland says, I want some of that. Looks like fun. That's the whole thing about social justice and racial justice. Oh, my gosh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Rioting. You can steal stuff, but you can steal stuff in the name of racial justice. Get praised by the president. Make the evening news. It's fun. This is considered a truism, by the way, in, like, urban theory. Academics have (laughs) written about this. Rioting for fun and profit. So uh, all the mayhem's going on, and then this guy drives up, and he shoots two cops. He shoots the first two cops he sees in a radio car in Brooklyn, Wenjin Liu and Rafael Ramos. And you know what? Not a word of it. Not a word of it about what led to that, what led to this guy, the the incentive that de Blasio provided. Remember that crazy speech he put out? Saying that, yeah, I know, this is a horrible decision, and, you know, my, my, my poor son, Dante, you know, I got to talk to him all the time about how to deal with all those racist cops. He had no idea what he was talking about. The only thing he knew about cops was by watching Starsky and Hutch when he was growing up in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I, I actually didn't like Starsky. The only cool thing about Starsky and Hutch was the car, and they threw the siren on the roof. I was always intrigued by that. Other than that, it was a... Very crummy show. Um, Yeah, so what about what led to this? Liz Cheney is going around saying Donald Trump lit the match. Donald Trump incited the violence. Donald Trump did this. Donald, No, no. You can't have it that way. You can't. We've been told by the mainstream media for years how racist the cops are, right? And you're going to... motivate some of these nut jobs to do what they've been doing, killing cops. Killing cops because you guys have not been honest. The mainstream media, all of you, totally dishonest. You know who's also probably the most dishonest is uh, Eric Adams, the mayor. He was told that we're losing more cops in New York City than ever before. They're dropping out. They're retiring. They don't want to be here. They've been maligned. They've been ridiculed, spat upon. They don't want this job anymore. He laughs it off. He literally laughed it up. Eh, we'll get others, and we'll diversify this department, which is already incredibly diverse. No, you know what they're going to have to do? They're going to lower the standards and then stand by. Then, then we're going to have real problems. All right, uh, who's this? Lobotus? Lobotus in Rockland County? Yes, hello. Hello, Greg. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? Uh, I uh, thank you for your show, and 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 would like to talk to you. You say you want to have an honest conversation. Fire away, Lobotus. Go ahead. What's up? Tell me. Make your point. Hello, Greg. I want to have an honest conversation, like you suggested. 
about uh, I, I have been educated by what you have to say. All right, dude, uh, I just want you to make – jump to the point. We're having a conversation right now. You don't have to you announce that we're having a conversation. What is your point? You say that racism doesn't exist in America. Uh, I believe it does. I never said it doesn't exist in America. Well, I, there, there are many. Of course many, it does. Many. Of course it does. The mo- The one that's most acute right now is racism toward white people, but – Look, there's always going to be racism. There's always going to be racist. So I think we agree on that. There is racism in America. Uh, I, I've looked into this, and lo and behold, you changed my mind. All right, Lobotis, do me a favor. You don't have to let me off the hook that easy. Hold on a minute, okay? And there's the music. i got to take a quick break. I'll be back. We'll talk. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Joe Biden urges oil companies to boost supply and he slams the high profits. Well, he's causing these gas prices. He is causing. He's always blaming Putin. There'd be no invasion of Ukraine if it wasn't for Joe Biden's weakness, the weakness that he demonstrated in Afghanistan. And now he's getting tough on these executives, writing letters, stern letters. Joe does not have the first clue about what to say to them. He doesn't. Hey, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, all right, or if you're retired, no matter what, whatever you did, you have more skill and more intelligence than Joe Biden. Yes, I mean that sincerely, a thousand percent. Whoever you are, wherever you are, Whatever it is you're doing, you have more skill, more knowledge, more expertise than Joe Biden. Joe Biden was in the private sector for two years from the age of 25 to 27. That's it. That's it. At 27, he became a councilman for Newark, Delaware. At the age of 29, a United States senator, a mediocre law student. Now, ever since, what does he do? He smiles. He asks for favors. He asks for money, and he does favors. That's not expertise. That's a career politician self-serving, doing whatever he has to do to keep that silly job and passing. I mean, I'm sorry, but most of these laws are not even necessary. i got to look at the damn. You put all of the laws and all the regulations that they've come up with, you could stack it, I think, like, Somebody actually figured it out. It's like 15 Empire State Buildings. It's that much. Our founding fathers never wanted any of this stuff. They never did. And the expertise is, quite frankly, I mean, the fleecing of America, I think they call it. It's it's wild. Tonight we're going to demonstrate that, I think, very powerfully. Um, we've got something in mind. And, oh, Monkeypox is no longer monkeypox. Did you hear this? The World Health Organization wants to call it something more clinical, H1N2. What's the new name for monkeypox? Do we know? It's going to be not monkeypox because monkeypox is somehow racist. Uh, yes. I mean, even the—well, I don't really stand that. Anything of or related to a monkey is racist? How is that? I don't know. No. Are they going to? Hey, as a matter of time, by the way, before they change the name of that uh, ice cream by Ben and Jerry's, Chunky Monkey, they're going to change that name. Just like they got rid of all the mascots. You know, all the mascots, they were, they got rid of them. Somehow I understand, like, this is supposed to be. No, it's not. I don't see it that way. Especially, did it come from a monkey? 
Just like the China virus was not racist, it came from China. Hey, by the way, the Ebola virus came from the Ebola River. This is what we do. We name these things for the region they come from, for the most part. Monkeypox does seem like a slightly ridiculous and, and, and somewhat terrifying name. It does sound like a very gruesome, you know, it's it's almost funny. It's almost, uh, I don't know, Sesame Street Syndrome, something really bad. All right, one more thing here. Um, no, let's just get back to Labatus. He was about to do something. Labatus. Hello, Greg. Thank you for taking the call. I, I, I looked into what you had to say, and I did a honest research about is, in, is racism increasing against white people. And, and lo and behold, we, we found some things that were right in my face that I never really understood, but now I do. Simply, some of the organizations that already exist in our country is it, it, blatant there. I'll give you an example. 100 black men in law enforcement. I'll give you these. If you change, change any one of these titles from black to white, it become kind of obvious now to me. More black congressional caucus. We have, what would happen if we had it, change it to white congressional caucus? How about historically black college? Um, let me think. Maybe some of the other ones are like BETTD, Black Farmers Association. I started to think maybe maybe if we had take a look honestly and say, what if the word was white instead of black? It'd it, it be obvious. So. Uh, now I thought it changed my view a little bit. It's hard to do a little homework, and maybe you're right. Maybe we need to have an honest uh, um, look at these situations and talk about them. Well, man, I appreciate that, and I never looked at it quite that way. But you're onto something. Black entertainment television. If it was white entertainment television, I mean, that would be pretty inherently offensive, right? Uh, but by the way, I'm not going to say black entertainment television. I don't think they're racist or anything like that. And I understand they can't. Well, we're an oppressed minority, and we've got to. But I think we've gotten to the point where those kinds of uh, labels. And I think uh, no, I think it's dishonest and it does a disservice. And uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. And yeah, you're right. If it were white, yeah. So, uh, hmm. All right, we're in agreement. Labatus. Anything else? Yep. Yeah. I, you open my eyes. Some the the, the, the I, we're being honest about them, but. I think there's something, maybe we could talk about it, but from what I see, I listen from a religious standpoint that I don't agree with you. I, I, I think you are off base on. Could we talk about that, too? Well, just just talk okay? about it. Okay. Uh, most black people do not accept homosexuality. Um, in my church, we study in the scripture, we do not advocate uh, belittling or, or demoralizing these people, but you have to be honest. And search it out and say, say, this is sin. And you cannot accept sin as normal. That doesn't mean to, to harm, hurt, or belittle, but to be honest with people and say, research this. Yeah, all right. Well, look, I don't dis. I really look. This is you're pointing out why Pete Buttigieg, you know, ran into a brick wall when he got to South Carolina in that primary. They wanted no part of him. And I think in large part because of uh, what you just uh, summarized. Hey, look. I'll just say this about that issue in the Bible. Number one, um, my interpretation has been sometimes it's a it's a little bit more gray than some people suggest. And the other thing is there's so much. Look, it takes most people two years to get through that Bible if they're diligent about it. All right. Maybe a year if you're really super diligent about it. And people who want to have this discussion about sex right off the bat, 
you're turning people off who might otherwise be very receptive and even the parts that you're talking about. So when you hit that first, I think that's a mistake. I was talking to somebody about, you know, my faith journey, and the first thing they said was, well, I'm gay, so I want no part of that. And I'm like, geez, what a, what a lost opportunity here. You don't know what I mean? Listen, I'm straight. I'm tempted. I see things, you know what I mean? But guess what? I can't because not only would it disappoint, well, a lot of people, we're just not supposed, you know what I mean. We all want to do things that we shouldn't do because it could harm us and this, that, and the other thing. Anyway, Labatis, uh, thank you. Interesting points. And we are in agreement to keep the, let's keep that conversation going. I got one more to get to. That's Pete in Piscataway. Pete, hello. Hello. Hey, Greg, I watched your show last night, and it was great. You got a real nice TV personality. You're uh, honest, you're credible, and you're bold. I really loved your show. And I just want to, and I'm going to watch it every night. I have something to look forward to at 10 p.m. And I just want to say one more um, statement. I think the problems between the um, Afro Americans and the police started when Barack Obama said the police acted stupidly when they arrested that professor in Massachusetts in his own house. I think that's what started everything off. You know, uh, first of all, thank you so much for your kind words. I'm actually really digging the new time spot, 10 p.m. Thank you, sir. And you're right. He waded into that where he should not have gone. He should not have gone there. And then they had that silly beer summit. Remember that? And in Barack Obama's own memoir, he says that everybody on the staff, they were bitching and moaning. Why do we have to be so nice to this white cop who, by the way, was just doing his job? He really was. And Professor Gates even, you know, look, that guy was a bit of a hothead. I, I, you know, I've been stopped and questioned before. I, I have twice in my life. I have been twice. You can do it one of two ways. You can have a chip on your shoulder and say, how dare you? Or you can cooperate and realize this is a legitimate exercise of state authority. Anyway, hey, Pete, good stuff. You remember the beer summit? Remember that? No, not too much. Oh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. But one more thing, I love the way you uh, mentioned the Bible, too. So I, I feel comfortable in calling you and t- uh, talk about Scripture once in a while. Well, anytime. Thank you very much. And I'm still searching for the answers. You know, it's a big book, and it, 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 it causes all kinds of questions, and it's, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful journey. Thank you. And I may have a question or two for you, Pete, so keep it up. Thank you very, very much. Uh, oh. What else? And something I did point out last night, because I can really give people a hard time. I do. And uh, quite frankly, that's okay. It's um, like take the Capitol Hill cops. I'm talking about the crummy ones, the January 6th uh, cops who are Trump haters and they've allowed themselves to be used by Democrats. I mean, I am always giving these guys a hard time because they deserve it. But I'll say something nice about them in a moment. Uh, Here they are. To me, this is fake tears, okay? if I watched them very closely. I, I saw no tears, but I saw plenty of sniffling. Here they are testifying before that stupid January 6th committee. Cut 40. So I know because of the, all the chemical that I, my uniform had it on. Sorry. I was carried back inside. 
What happened afterwards is much less vivid. One of the invaders approached me like he was going to try to get past me and head down the stairs. I was stunned by what I saw. You hear that? That's phony. It's phony. It is. I don't believe these guys. There's so much I don't believe about Dunn's story, by the way. All right, so, you know, here I am. I talk about the Bible. I'm a Christian, and yet I'm giving these guys a really hard time. What's up with that? Well, often the enemy will try to say, oh, you believe you're Christian. You should be pious and off in the corner and not bothering anybody. Uh-uh. doesn't work that way, buddy. No, we are. We have free reign to engage in the public square. And even though I don't like those guys, those officers, and I don't like Eric Adams, and I don't like Joe Biden, you know what? I love them. I really do. It's an interesting, and I wasn't always like this, believe me. And I think about some of the guys. I was thinking about some guy in the Marine Corps who used to bust my chops all the time. And if I saw him, I think I'd give him a great big hug. I mean, some of the, if he wasn't such a jerk to me, I would not have done the stuff I had to do to, you know, get out of that situation. Anyway, does that make sense? I love people. I don't necessarily like everybody. And I think that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, I'm very pleased with myself, actually, that I finally made that uh, observation. Hey, do me a favor. Something else. When, just going back to the fake conversation about race. Do me a favor. Lay off the lay off anybody based on what they look like. Okay, please. Based on things they can't control. Your race, your ethnicity, your gender, your orientation. I don't want anybody maligned for things that they are, were born as. And yes, that includes white women. And it's become suddenly so fashionable to call them Karens. You've heard me talk about this before, but this is particularly egregious. There's this one woman named Brooke Muller in St. Louis who was going into her apartment building and uh, there was some stranger coming in behind her and she was like not comfortable with that. And she's like, do you live here? And he's like not answering any of the questions. Actually, here it is. The moment is not that big a deal. Cut 36, please. Cut 36. This is Brooke Muller, who has the appropriate key, who lives in the building, and some stranger who won't answer any of her questions. You know, maybe like a good neighbor would. Cut 36. Excuse me. No. You don't have a key fob. You are... No. 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 If you have that, then Okay. Ma'am, you're not security. You're not the property manager. You're not no, my car. No, but I live here. I don't like the fact you have your phone in my face. Okay, I don't like the fact that you're blocking me for what I pay. All I'm living. asking is what you But you're not, I don't need to tell you that information, ma'am. If you want to come into my building. It's not your building. You're not the owner. Can you show me the key I don't get, I'm not showing you anything. And the second, ma'am, I'm bound to walk through where I live at, so. No. Okay. Can you show me the key fob into this? No. Excuse me. No. Excuse me. So instead of being a good neighbor, instead of, you know, okay, yeah, I understand. We've never seen each other. You have the key. I don't. Explaining, okay, you know, let's be neighbors here. He goes and with his great big chip on his shoulder, makes a federal case out of it. All right. Puts it online, tells everybody the whole story online. Couldn't offer a human being the explanation because she had a couple of strikes against her. Number one. A woman, number two, white, number three, blonde. A blonde white woman was asking a black man, yeah, he happens to be black, questions about his residency. Oh, boy. No, 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 sir. 
You ready for the media freakout? All right, when we come back, the media freakout, the ultimate media freakout in what could have been handled in five seconds. No big deal whatsoever. Was anybody shot? Was anybody wounded? Was anybody? No. The media freakout is one of the all-time classic media freakouts. When we come back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow, they really ruined that monkeypox situation. Monkeypox. People can remember monkeypox. The World Health Organization wants to call it, uh, let's see here, HMPXVB1. HMPX, nobody can call it that. No one's going to remember that. We're not immunologists. HMPXVB1. Monkeypox for short. Okay? Monkeypox. I could stick with monkeypox. Uh Ooh, here's that media meltdown, freak out. Okay, so white woman tells a black man she doesn't know, hey, uh, are you sure you live here? Do you have a key? Because she lives in an apartment building where she's been living. You know what I mean? Yeah, strangers, it's okay. It's okay to ask. It would have been okay for him to ask her if she lived there, if he had a key fob. You know those those little microchippy things? If he had one and she didn't, I would expect this young man to ask because that's what usually these buildings, they have a rule. Don't let strangers in. Don't prop the door open, that kind of stuff. All righty. So she she stuck up for herself and the building and security and all that stuff. What did they do? They canceled the hell out of her. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see here. Where is that? Uh, oh, cut 37. Listen to this. The first guy you're going to hear is David Muir. You know that pretty boy on the... On Channel 7, this is the national news, ABC, World News Tonight. A black, <laughs> it's so unbelievably petty. Talk about making a federal case out of something. All right, uh, cut uh, 37. The confrontation caught on video a white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives there. Staying on the story of a white woman who was caught on camera refusing to let a black man into the condo building where they both live. The video reeks of a phenomenon that's playing out all over the country. White people calling the police on black people doing everyday things. It looked like she was harassing him a little. Like she could have ended it if she was afraid of him. She could have walked away, but she just kept following him. I mean, it's a a weird form of harassment that we have to be careful of. And he handled himself so beautifully. Yeah, right. So beautifully. How about being a neighbor? How about not being cruel? No, that's that's considered beautiful. Making a big deal out of it, going on, p- not actually saying anything to anybody's face of that would have been helpful. Putting it on social media and going viral. That's beautiful. How about that David Muir? Can I hear that the very first topic? That is David Muir, right? The guy with the hair? Go ahead. The confrontation caught on video a white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives there. <gasps> Staying on the story of a white woman who was caught on camera refusing to let a black man into the condo building where they both live. Stop, stop, stop. You know what's interesting, by the way? Most of the people in the clip we just played are white men. White men, virtue signaling. White men of extreme status, of extreme privilege. I don't know what David Muir makes, but it's, uh, it's probably in the $10 million range. Talk about being overpaid. Somebody writes it for him. Somebody uh, presents it to somebody just like, oh, my God. It's like it's like a coloring book. I mean, quite frankly, I did that job for about eight seconds before I got so bored. (laughs) 
just I couldn't do it. I can't do it. It's like a coloring book. And that's what, wow. But you see, those jobs are so flimsy, and pretty much anybody can do them. So they'll bend over backwards and say whatever the hell it is they have to say to keep them. Very interesting, huh? Wow. Every time I hear that, and you know what else is kind of interesting? The white woman. What a white woman. Like, that's part of her problem somehow, right? That she's white. All right. Oh, why is there no January 6th hearing? I thought there was going to be all week, but uh, here's Liz Cheney, kind of like coming out and saying, somebody will be right with you. (laughs) Somebody be be right with you. She put this video out on Twitter. You know, she's the Republican on the J6 committee. And listen to this. She's uh, there's a lot of fake news and overall fakery in this. Go ahead. Yesterday, the select committee's hearing showed all Americans that President Trump's claims of a stolen 2020 election were, to use former Attorney General Barr's words, complete nonsense. We heard this from Donald Trump's own campaign experts, his own campaign lawyers, his own campaign manager, his attorney general, and others Donald Trump appointed to leadership positions in the U.S. Department of Justice. Stop. Stop, President Trump's stop advisor. For a moment. Stop. Pause. All right. There, right there. No, you did not make that. You did not prove that. You did not prove that whatsoever. Not one bit. You're playing a game with us, Lizzie. By the way, they only le- released little snippets. Those guys were testifying for hours upon hours. Little snippets. Bill Barr. Talk about checked out. And that's not even a federal issue. And Bill Stepien, who, by the way, the more I look at that guy, the more mediocre, the more Donald Trump has got to get better people around him. Bill Stepien was the Jersey boy campaign manager. No way. Not for this job. Not for something so big. You'd be surprised how few people are good, who are conservative, who would sign up. It's amazing. I think Donald Trump, you know, I love him. I love his style. I love his I love I love the substance. I love the policy. He's got to get better with recruiting good people and keeping them. He's got to get better at that. I hope he's working on it right now. Keep going with her. ...knew what he was saying was false, and they told him so directly and repeatedly. The testimony from our first two hearings... You know what they were telling him? Repeatedly and directly? Quit. Quit the race. Remember in 2016, Access Hollywood? All these people, the same people, the same ilk, went to him and said, you got to quit the race. The same people told him you can never win. The same people said you can't talk like that. The same people. The swamp. Thank God he doesn't listen to these people. Next. ...is available on the Select Committee's website, so all Americans can easily view it. In our next hearing on Thursday, the Select Committee will examine President Trump's relentless effort on January 6th and in the days beforehand, to pressure Vice President Pence to refuse to count lawful electoral votes. As a federal judge has indicated, this likely violated two federal criminal statutes. Stop! As a, They're talking about a former federal judge, I believe, Michael Ludig. You know, judges often disagree with each other, right? Like five to four decisions in the Supreme Court, we've seen that. Liz! You're a liar, a swampy liar. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. George Washington 
George Washington University. George Washington University. Where is it? In Washington, D.C. It's the hospital off into presidents. That's where Ronald Reagan went right after he got shot. They brought him right there to the trauma center. They saved his life. You know, Reagan, by the way, almost died that day. When was that? March 30th, 1981. Uh, Yeah, he almost died. John Hinckley. And John Hinckley is walking around. Hey, John Hinckley has a concert next month. Would-be presidential assassin John Hinckley, who is totally free right now, although I, I do believe, I hope, that the Secret Service is following him around. You ever know, he may want to try to impress somebody again. Remember that? He did it to impress Jodie Foster. Anyway, he's got a concert in Brooklyn at some uh, hipster bar next month. He's promoting it on Twitter. He gets to promote things on Twitter. I don't, by the way. I'm still kind of semi-shadow banned. I'm shadow banned all over the place. Hmm. Um, all right. Oh, yeah. George Washington University has just gotten rid of their mascot, George Washington. Yes. Uh, little Georgie. You know, they had a little guy in a costume at the football games and stuff like that. Georgie. Well, they got rid of him because George owned slaves. Yes, George Washington owned slaves. And do you remember? Do you remember when um, – hey, do me for close uh, do you remember George? Uh, I guess Donald Trump warned us. Hey, uh, George Washington owned slaves. He was a major slave owner. All right. So we're going to change that, too. OK, so you're changing history and you're playing a game. He, he was so right. He was so right. I mean, George Washington, they're going to get rid of they're going to rename probably the entire university because some kid wrote an essay and he happens to be a black kid. And quite frankly, there are too many folks on the left of any race you can think of. When a young person of color comes to them with a grievance, the immediate reaction is, what can we do to allay your concerns? And what? How do we help you? Just tell us what to do. Jump. How high? Young people of color, you are... You are the most powerful constituency in the world. I hope you use your powers for good. I just, um, it's it's kind of wild. And again, there are the folks on the left, no matter what they look like, all right, are totally freaked out. And there are a lot of people actually middle of the road and even conservatives just like they just want to keep their head down and get through the day. And sometimes in their mind, it means joining the mob. It means going along with it. No. No, 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 no. It ain't going to happen. Sorry. I don't know what the hell I'd do. I really don't. I just can't join that mob. If they said if the cancel culture came for me, if my time was up, no. I ain't going to do what they want me to do. Uh, It's interesting. Tonight I'm going to show how Joe Biden has absolutely no skill in anything. And um, none, none whatsoever. If whatever you are, whoever you are, whatever you do, whatever you've done, you've got more skill than him. And all right, I'll leave that alone for the time being. Uh, oh, back to Liz Cheney. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Right out of, takes after her old man, right? Just standing there lying. Now, her lies are not as consequential, but they're pretty bad. Remember, the old man told us about weapons of mass destruction. Hey, he's the one who said, uh, let's waterboard people. Yeah, let's waterboard them. Let's waterboard our enemies, extreme interrogation, all that kind of stuff. Now, I know it, it feels like, you know, you think, okay, yeah, I'm a tough guy. Yeah, we're, we're going to be really tough on these guys. 
Well, guess what? When we're tough on their guys, that gives them license to be tough on our guys. Notice when they started chopping the heads off of aid workers in Iraq. Does anybody remember that? Am I the only one? American citizens seized by al-Qaeda. I think we called it al-Qaeda at the time. Chopping the heads off of American citizens. In part because of the horrific things that we got caught doing at Abu Ghraib and beyond. Enhanced interrogation, Gitmo, a lot of that stuff did us so much damage. So much damage. And you know what? Even Obama couldn't, uh, Obama, for all of his talk, for all of his, no, he was only into himself. Only into, all right, let me hear the rest of this. Liz Cheney uh, telling us, uh, you'll, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming soon. Go ahead. President Trump had no factual basis for what he was doing, and he had been told it was illegal. Despite this, President Trump plotted with a lawyer named John Eastman and others to overturn the outcome of the election on January 6th. No, stop, stop. Now, that's not true. That is not true. When they say overturn, they're lying. Now, what they wanted was something called the elect. I noticed they never talk about the Electoral Count Act of 1887 because it's dusty. It's um, a little bit complex. And also... Quite frankly, I don't want to say it, it, it lets Donald Trump off the hook, but it lets him off the hook. There was a legal mechanism by which Donald Trump could pursue his very valid concerns about the fairness of the election. Because of COVID, we believe they changed the rules, they screwed with everything, and that needs to be looked into. It still does. Okay, so John Eastman was an expert in the Electoral Count Act of 1887, and they were exploring the ways legally— Legally, this could be hashed out. I mean, what's the rush? January 6th. Well, we got two weeks before Inauguration Day. How about the lawmakers get together in Harrisburg or in Phoenix or in Madison, Wisconsin, or in what's the hell? What the hell is the capital of Michigan? It's not Detroit. Lansing, Lansing, Lansing. Places like that, because that's where these electoral uh, votes are initially certified. Yeah, it was within, we believe, in Vice President Pence's purview. And I believe, by the way, Pence was jerking us all around. Do you remember when he said when that solemn voice, if you have concerns about this election, I share them and we will have our day. We will have, they will be discussed. You will get your fair hearing. Well, we never did. And do me a favor, cut the crap about Mike Pence's life being in jeopardy, okay? And as if Donald Trump had some sort of power or whatever. The Secret Service had the damn thing under control. Nobody entered the House chamber, by the way. Nobody. And by the way, Pence got out of there. There's a basement in the Capitol. The mob was within moments. Shut up. Really is. All right, let me hear the rest of this nonsense. To give you a sense of the gravity of these issues, here is a clip of one of President Trump's own White House lawyers, Eric Hirschman. Ah, this guy. Who talks to Mr. Now stop it for a second. This guy, oh, I've been looking for this. Hirschman. Hirschman. Eric Hirschman. Now, here's a guy, you know, hey, I'm a tough guy. Just ask me, all right? He's, uh, we're getting his version of a conversation a year and a half later, okay? A year and a half later. Now, like a lot of other people, he probably believed the fake news and was spooked by January 6th. Remember? They're hyperventilating about it. 
right? He's one of them. There was a riot. I I mean, didn't he get used to riots? 2020? Anyway, listen to this. The day after January 6th. It was the day after. Uh, Eastman, I don't remember why he called me or he texted me or called me, wanted to talk with me. And he said he couldn't reach others. And he started to ask me about something dealing with Georgia and preserving something potentially for appeal. Uh, And I said to him, are you out of your effing mind? Right? I said, I I only want to hear two words coming out of your mouth from now on. Orderly transition. And I screamed and said, I don't want to hear any other effing words coming out of your mouth, no matter what, other than orderly transition. Repeat those words to me. And I screamed and said, eventually he said, orderly transition. I said, good, John. Now I'm going to give you the best free legal advice you're ever getting in your life. Get a great effing criminal defense lawyer. You're going to need it. Wow. Wow. Such a tough guy. Just ask him. And, you know, any time I've ever relayed a conversation, an argument I've had with anybody, I've always come out the hero. I've always come out the tough guy. All right? It's human nature. When you tell somebody a story about an argument you had, you basically tell them you win. All right? And look at this tough guy, and he's using the F word. Oh, wow. Well, I guess the January 6th, which I believe actually was a false flag operation. I mean... (laughs) You know, Liz Cheney, she's she's trying to track down what lawyers were saying to each other. How about why the cops walked away just before Ashley Babbitt was shot? Hmm? What about the cops who flagged people into the Capitol? Why don't you want to know about that? Because I believe you were in on it. I do. I absolutely do. A false flag operation. And let's they'll hang it on the Trumpers. Wow. And this guy was spooked. He was sufficiently spooked. Nope. Give it up. Give it up. Time to run. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Basically, it worked. But now they're pushing their luck because they're going to get caught. They're going to get caught. She say anything else? Let me hear the rest. Is that it? That's it, huh? Hirschman. Where the hell did he come from? I never heard of that guy before. Deputy White House counsel. One of those guys. Hey, I'm not saying he's, uh, you know... I heard he was defending Trump during one of the impeachments. Hey, man, this is war. Not everybody can handle it, okay? It's true. Not everybody is a, uh, what, do they, what do they call it? A wartime consigliere, right? That's what you need, a wartime consigliere. And this guy strikes me as a bit of a wimp, or a tough guy at least after the fact. I'm not buying that at all. Liz Cheney, just like the old man. All right. Uh, how long has everybody been here? Nick is in Fairhaven. Nick. Hey, Greg. Um, yeah, looking for vindication. Without evidence uh, or ability to get it without, like, distributed databases, right, like blockchain, you know, uh, so you do it in different ways. What the hell are you it's talking about? It's it's rancorous. I mean, it's, it's inciting violence. Who? Uh, Who? Trump, Trump, Trump has, you know, the, they're stored on magnets, the hard drives. 
uh, the votes. You can't All right, Nick, that. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I do know what you're talking about, but um, no, no, we're not. You know, quite frankly, I have a feeling Nick from Fairhaven does not have the technical analysis, the technical expertise. Quite frankly, I don't either. I don't. I have common sense. I have concerns. I know when I'm being gaslit. That's when they just totally deny the obvious, right? All right, Nick, finish your thought. What uh, What is he trying to do? Does he not like the mail-in vote um, law upon hazards? Because he believes COVID is, is significant. Um, he must, or he doesn't know that hard drives are... Made right. of Here, here's the thing. All right. I, I don't want to hear about hard drives and magnets, but I will tell you about uh, mail-in ballots. All right. And it's true. There are some states and, and Trump himself voted by mail in Florida, where guess what? They've been doing it for 20 years. All right. It, you can't set that crap up overnight. And that's what they did with COVID. All right. They cut all kinds of corners. They did not follow their own rules and their own laws, especially in Pennsylvania. And. We have grave doubts about the results because they changed all the rules and they used COVID as an excuse. That's it. That's it. Now, you can say in your interesting way of communicating that you don't buy that, but uh, I at least want those questions investigated, pursued, and answered. But the establishment is against us, even the Republican establishment. Let's see. Do we have time for one more? Very quickly. Uh, no? All right. One second, Dave, with that reverse racism comment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Warning, 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 warning. This is going to be very, very tough to hear. Are you ready? Uh, a Capitol Hill police officer, Carolyn Edwards, describing the horror of January 6th. Just listen to what she went through. I mean, oh. thoughts and prayers. Cut 39. And so I looked back to see what had hit him, what had happened, and that's when I got sprayed in the eyes as well. Um, I was taken to be decontaminated by another officer. Um, but we didn't get the chance because we were then tear gassed. Oh, tear gassed. Well, the tear gas was deployed by the cops themselves. The tear gas was deployed by the cops themselves. Um, and her eyes were irritated. Now, when that was happening, Ashley Babbitt was being removed from the Capitol as if she were a wheelbarrow. You know that wheelbarrow maneuver where... You've done that before. Let's say you grab somebody, a kid or whatever, maybe at a picnic. I think we used to play games like this, and uh, you grab the their legs, and you lift the legs up, and then they kind of walk forward, right? Well, that's how they brought Ashley Babbitt out of the Capitol. A couple of cops grabbed one leg each. They lifted her up, and then there was a guy who lifted her up, her arms, two, one on either arm, and they walked her out that way, down the stairs. They had to go down several flights of stairs to get her out. And guess which was held higher than the other? The legs were elevated. The head was down, all right? So the guys in front going down the steps, they were holding her arms, all right? And they were like, in a way, parallel with the steps, right? You elevate the wound, don't you? She's bleeding from the shoulder and the throat. And they have her 
head, her head low, her head beneath her feet. And Liz Cheney doesn't even mention her name. Somehow this was a valid kill. Are you kidding me? And it's amazing how many people on, on Twitter and elsewhere, social media, out loud, oh, she, she had it coming. She deserved it. She did not comply. She did not comply. How many times have I seen people get in the faces of cops, yell, scream, shout? As soon as they say get back and they don't get back, is that a license to shoot? Of course not. They have to be presenting a a deadly threat, imminent threat. Hey, speaking of which, not a deadly threat to anybody. Just a couple of guys doing their job. The Border Patrol, horseback officers. They're going to be brought up on administrative charges. They didn't do anything wrong other than perform their jobs well. Remember last fall, they were on horseback, and they were confronting, I guess, mostly Haitian Haitian folks who were coming across the river trying to get in um, to America. This was like classic border protection. Classic. Guys on horseback keeping people out. That's not racism, Okay. That's that's the opposite. That's the, this this harkens back to slavery. Wait a second. They were keeping them out. They weren't lassoing them or anything like that. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the mainstream media, through their ignorance, because they don't know anything about horses or that culture or anything about it. And quite frankly, I don't know all that much about it, but I bothered to spend a few minutes trying to learn and talking to people who know. And what they said uniformly was the police officers, the Border Patrol, they were not using whips against these individuals in any way. There is absolutely no evidence of that. None. Zero. And why has this been dragging on for almost a year? Because, well, the authorities, they can't deny that there was no offense. So what are they getting them on? Foul language. Foul language. They were using too much foul language. That's one of the things they're going to try to fire these guys over the language that they used hello (laughs) has anybody walked down the street lately huh has anybody turned on uh or watched christina aguilera remember christina aguilera the genie in the bottle lady and she was on the voice i see her parading around with a strap on you know what on stage at a gay pride festival there's got to be laws against that. Listen, whatever you want behind closed doors, absolutely. Consenting adults, go for it. But on stage, in public, children present. And she's cavorting with this great big plastic thing between her legs. And doing things with it, if you know what I mean. Hmm? And having things done to it, if you know what I mean. No, Christina put on a pair of pants If you're going to wear that thing, you know, the thing I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. Uh, Can I just leave you for the moment with the Joe? No, 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 no. Listen, I got to come clean. I love my new schedule. I am able to wake up and I did two things today that I am almost never able to do. Two things. I ran an aerobic workout, and then I hit the weights. I usually can do one or the other, but not both. And I wasn't rushed. It was really nice. It was, um, 
I don't really particularly like working out during the workout. Here's my plan, all right? I am going to transform my body by the end of this year so you guys can see that it's done, so I can see that it's possible to do. And then I think I'm going to write a book about it. Do you think if I could actually get six-pack abs and all that stuff that I could actually make some money on that? If I can go from flabby to abby? I like that, flabby to abby. That's the plan. At my age, if I could do that, off to a pretty good start so far. No cake. No cake, and it's already 2.30. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Before we go into this, I am going to um, make this disclaimer that it's a, it's a it's only a rumor, and people are speculating. And quite frankly, at this point, there is. However, look, I can I can shoot the breeze with you, right? It's just something that has come my way, and I'm wondering, and maybe you know more about it than I do. But the more I think about it, the more I think, gosh, maybe there is something to it. I mean, how close did that guy that that punk from California get to Justice Kavanaugh's house with multiple weapons, guns, knives, ropes? Hmm? And you know how he got caught? It wasn't by the marshals. The guy called the cops himself. What am I getting at here? Um, well, you know, 17 pro-life facilities, 17 pro-life facilities have been targeted by pro-abortion nuts since this Roe v. Wade decision leaked. Do people want to kill a conservative justice? I'm not talking about people. I mean, like radicals and nut jobs like this guy from California. But could somebody in a position of authority want him gone? Because who would replace Kavanaugh? Well, it would be a liberal, right? Because it's a liberal Senate and it's a liberal president and uh, time is uh, running out for them, right? November is the, the midterms and it's likely that it's going to go Republican. Huh. Could somebody in a major position... Now, this came up on Newsmax yesterday, actually. Let me hear this. Uh, My colleague, Chris Salcedo, was talking to Congressman Rodney Davis. Let's go ahead and listen to this, please. It's cut 21, cut 21. And a lot of folks are starting to ask some questions out there, Congressman. They're openly wondering why Nancy Pelosi sat on a bill that was passed by the Senate to protect Supreme Court justices. Now she's moving after an assassination attempt on Justice Kavanaugh. Are Americans right to question if Pelosi was actually hoping for or encouraging violence that could lead to Joe Biden appointing a new Supreme Court justice? It's certainly questions that Nancy Pelosi and others need to answer as to why she thought somehow Justice Kavanaugh, after having an assassin in his backyard, is somehow safe over the weekend. We could have gotten to this bill last week, but she chose to hold it up. And she needs to answer as to why. Yeah, I think so. I really do. And oh, by the way, Chuck Schumer, of course, our senator. And by the way, good luck to Joe Pinion, who's the Republican running against him. we got to get him on the phone soon, by the way. Great guy. Uh, can I hear Chuck Schumer? Is this, is this, this should be illegal, what he's saying here. 
threatening Justice Kavanaugh like this. Go ahead. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. Wow. Wow. Hey, here's something. Ooh. Is this, am I looking at a mugshot of Paul Pelosi? Can you check this out? Is that it? It's, it's out there? What about the one with... So Nancy Pelosi's husband was just nailed for drunk driving. What was he really doing, by the way? I mean, I'm sure he was drunk driving. Maybe he would have learned the lesson. I mean, I'm sorry, but he was driving as a teenager and uh, killed his own brother. I know it was an accident. I'm sure it was an accident, but I don't know. If I, if I was worth uh, $900 million, I'd have a guy driving for me all the time. Unless... Hmm, was he going somewhere that they didn't want him to know about? All right, so I'm looking at what looks to be Paul Pelosi's uh, mugshot. You know, he was busted for drunk driving. Now, what do we make of this? Eh, you know what? People get, things happen. And I am surprised a guy of his uh, his means, why would you ever drive yourself again? So what What? what, what do we make? Is there any anything else with this? Paul Pelosi. Um, it's good that they released that. Don't you think? Barbara is on the line from Long Island. Barbara, hello. Yes, hello. I called in yesterday about your new showtime, and yeah. last night I watched at 10, and it was wonderful. The house was quiet. I was done cooking. I could really focus. And I have to say, when you showed that footage of Ashley Babbitt being carried down the steps, it broke my heart. But then you said that you're disappointed. Why aren't there demonstrations every day over her murder? Well, I'll tell you something. For the past 12 years, I've stood on street corners. I've stood at different gathering places with patriots, with Tea Party people. And we were friendly and we were law abiding and we were patient and we obeyed the police when they said, oh, you're too far. This None of us wore masks and we were out there protecting our Constitution. Are we safe to do that now after January 6th? Every patriot in this country has to be afraid that someone will go by and take a picture of you out there peacefully demonstrating, and you'll be put in jail and kept there indefinitely. Um, first of all, thank you for watching the show. Secondly, you're right. But third, I don't think we can. Um, I think we got to take that risk. I think we have to exercise our constitutional rights. We can't let them win. And we, we we want to follow the law. We want to abide by the law. But guess what? We got a great Constitution, and there's a lot we can do within the Constitution. I can't be afraid of some cancel culture warrior. And I would suggest, you know what? Neither should you be. All right? You just What was going on 12 years ago, by the way? You said 12 years ago. What was going down? When the Tea Parties first started. But nobody and- get, you, didn't, you didn't get a hassle for you didn't get hassled for that, did you? Oh yes. Oh yes, we did. We did. We didn't get into the kind of trouble they are now, but there were a lot of people who didn't like us, who called us haters. I mean, that's so I- okay. I mean, people are gonna say stuff. I mean, people are gonna give you the finger and honk it the horn at you in a nasty way. I mean, I can't I mean, I wish it wasn't that way, but that's okay. I mean, did it get any worse than that? Very friendly, and it hasn't really stopped us. As a matter of fact, it, did it get any worse than that? No, thank God. But I'll tell you, we were standing out there so peacefully, and none of us wore masks. When you show the video of January 6th, the most violent people all have masks. 
Why do they have masks? I never saw a mask among any peaceful patriots protesting anything. Yeah. Why are they wearing masks? Listen, I am convinced that there were Antifa in the mix. I mean, now some people say, oh, my God, how dare you say that? Well, it just makes sense. I've seen too much video. I've seen too many, too many suspicious moments. And, oh, by the way, some guy planted a bomb the night before. And it's interesting. The Democrats always say, oh, he planted it at a Democrat headquarters. They always fail to mention that he also planted one at Republican headquarters as well. They always they always omit that. They always omit that. So I am suspicious. And by the way, keep your eyes peeled. If somebody is hanging around with a mask on at this point, especially if you're in New York City, you're walking down the street and they've got a mask on in the subway. I don't trust those guys. I really don't. Right. But don't think I'm saying that these patriots are giving up. None of them are. They are out there. I am out there. I now lead a religious freedom group for the last 10 years. And we are out there. And sometimes people do say awful things to us. But we're working for religious freedom. And I was so glad to hear you talk about the Bible, because if this disinformation board comes back, which we know it will, the Bible will be one of the prime targets. Not the whole Bible, just pieces of it that they find are disinformation. Yeah. <laughs> and your Bible will be targeted. You're absolutely right, because there's so much in the Bible, you know, that's controversial. I mean, let's there's slavery in the Bible. There's, um, there's incest in the Bible. I mean, you can, in a crazy weirdo, a crazy weirdo can say, oh, we should not have this. They could actually try that. I anticipate it. I anticipate it. Now, by the way, while you defend it, it's also important to get into the word because, quite frankly, you know, we can get all charged up defending the Bible and defending our religious freedom, which we should be. But we also have to be exercising that religious freedom and talking to people about Christ, not worrying about, you know, what they're going to say. We can do it in a gentle way. We don't have to jam it down anybody's throats. But if it's made a difference in your life, you know, we got to share it. We got to take that. What? How do they say it? In the take the lampshade off that candle, right? Something like that. Uh, Barbara, I love it all. Where are you from on Long Island? I'm from Dix Hills. Ah, uh, there's uh, what do I? It's right on the border, right, with Suffolk County, kind of. Town of Huntington. Yeah. In the township of Huntington, so not far from Garden City. Very nice, very nice. You got yes, kids? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I have wonderful, wonderful volunteers from many churches on Long Island who have been working with me for 10 years to do exactly what you're saying. We go out and we speak about religious freedom. We speak in kindness. We speak with patience, but we speak the truth. And that truth cannot be denied. And so we're trying to educate people as to the importance of religious freedom as the basis for all of our liberties in this country, for all of our inalienable rights. And people don't understand if they lose their freedom of religion, which we are losing very quickly, if you lose that, all of your liberties have no support because now they come from government, not from our creator. You know, and so many people are turning away on their own as well, the secularized world. Let's face it, the world is corrupt. It's always going to be corrupt, and that's in the Bible, too. But there is amazing salvation and opportunity available to all of us. And too many people are, well, I can't do this, this, and this, so I'm not into it. I can't do that, so I want no part of it. They don't know what they're talking about. And by the way, indulging all that crap, indulging all that stuff that I used to think made me who I am, 
I was a slave to all that nonsense. Slavery. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, true liberty, true freedom does not come from indulging all of this stuff that we uh, you know, are sometimes tempted by. So uh, I praise you, uh, Barbara. Keep it up and keep in touch, okay? Thank you. I will. All righty. All the best. Uh, so where does that leave us? Uh, can I hear that? Her, Hey, nope, 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 nope. I got to do this with Judge Janine. Judge Janine Pirro. I actually like her. I got to tell you, when I first met Judge Janine, uh, we didn't mix too well. You know what I mean? She can kind of be, but now I love her. She's a patriot. You know, back in that whatever, I just think she's amazing, and she's on Fox, and she's always uh, landing punches, and here she is, Judge Janine Pirro, cut 55. None of what Joe Biden does makes any sense. And the, the problem is that with Joe Biden and the, the Democrat Party, what you've got is a party that is ideologically so connected, it, it's almost like a cult. OK, the Democrats don't vote for Republicans, basically under any circumstances that I know of. Republicans will vote for a Democrat. They'll criticize Donald Trump the month after he gets in. The Democrats don't criticize Joe Biden. That's why there are all these whispers that they're talking about. But the, the concern is this. In spite of the economy and inflation and everything else and the blame game and the American public sees through it, they don't buy into the blame game. All the American public wants to know Joe, what are you going to do about this? How are you going to change this? How are you going to make my life better? Okay, I like it. Boy, she sounded like Professor Pirro. That was so uh, so measured. Uh, we love her. Hey, by the way, all right, listen to this. This is breaking news. The Fed hikes the rates by 0.75 percentage point. Uh, biggest increase since 1994. The Federal Reserve implemented the largest hike to its benchmark interest rate since 1994 on Wednesday as officials frantically seek to tamp down the decades high inflation hitting household budgets. The rate making Federal Open Market Committee announced the hike of 0.75 percent or 75 basis points at the conclusion of its two day meeting. Uh, the hike moved the benchmark short term rate to a range of 1.5 percent to 1.75 percent. Job gains have been robust in recent months, and the unemployment rate has remained low, the FOMC said in a statement. Inflation remains elevated, reflecting supply and demand imbalances related to the pandemic. Uh, the 0.75 hike was in line with revised expectations after last week's release of the Consumer Price Index for May, blah, 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 economy stuff, economy stuff, economy stuff. The federal data showed inflation accelerated to higher than expected 8.6% last month, the sharpest rate increase since, wow, December 1981. The Post, thank you very much. Uh, what do we think of Jerome Powell? Um, he is under pressure to tamp down inflation. Joe Biden says he's not going to mess with him. Uh, what does this mean? Uh, sounds necessary, I think. All right, let me digest and we'll... Re Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, once again, 10 p.m. tonight. 10 p.m. tonight. 
Uh, the Newsmax show continues 10 p.m. new time, and I'm liking it so far. Seven o'clock on the West Coast. Um, there are lots of reasons to uh, watch Newsmax and blow off Fox News. Quite frankly, you know, the other day I saw this guy Jonathan Swan. He's Australian from uh, Axios, and Axios. What happened with that? Uh, he gave Trump the. He just busted this guy during the campaign 2020. Jonathan Swan. Uh, comes to the White House and just is so incredibly disrespectful to President Trump. In a way, I, I knew what he was doing. He was just making faces at the camera, for the camera. He was hamming it up for the camera. You know, like Trump would say something, well, you know, I think we're doing very well in these COVID numbers. And he would say he would just make a ridiculous grimace and, and just for the camera. And it worked. It worked like a charm. And it went and like he went, uh, what do they call it, viral and there were all kinds of memes of this guy, Jonathan Swan, making his silly faces. And so he's on Fox News as a, you know, tell us what you think of the uh, Nevada primary, uh, Mr. Swan. Well, in Nevada, he's like Australian. Why are these Australians? Why are we? St- we're still enamored with that stupid accent. I actually, well, my wife has an Australian accent. It's very beautiful when she speaks it. But. I don't know. I don't like this Jonathan Swan. I don't like people coming here from Britain and telling us about our political system. I mean, now that makes it sound a little bit harsh because you can come from anywhere and be an American citizen. The accent sets me off. That's it. Not all accents. I love the French accent. I had a cab driver the other day, 15 languages. I mean, like all that stuff is great. But the Brits... And the Australians, I just feel like too many Americans think that if you talk like in such a manner, it makes you better than us, and I don't like that. So, all right, welcome to America. I don't want anybody deported because of a funny accent or an accent that I don't like, but I just don't like it. And I don't think this guy should be on Fox News because he dissed President Trump right to his face. And here's something else. Where is Brit Hume? Brit Hume telling us how to think about certain things, or at least what his Republican friends seem to be telling him. And I wonder if Britt Hume is kind of pulling for this as well. He's kind of summarizing the January 6th committee, and he says, there are a lot of Republicans who want this January 6th committee to dirty up Trump, to make him unelectable somehow. Cut 48. If they succeed, either by damaging him or staining him, such that he is either unable or, uh, for legal or political reasons, to run again, they might end up finding out that they've done the Republican Party a great service. Because I think a great many Republicans think they can't win with Trump at the head of the ticket again. Um, they're, they're afraid of his supporters and don't want to come out against him directly. Um, but they'd like him to go away. If the effect of this committee is to make his possible candidacy go away, I think a great many Republicans would privately be very glad. Be very glad. I have a feeling, I have a hunch, I could be wrong, that Britt would be very glad as well. Uh, But who knows, maybe he's just relaying what he's hearing, but uh, I don't know. That sounded pretty swampy to me overall. Uh, Nice guy, kind of. Let's see here. Uh, Looks like CNN is turning up the heat a little bit. Everyone's going crazy about this. Is this CNN, like, actually sounding like a brand-new network? Don Lemon asked, uh, is the president really going to, uh, can he really keep this, what did he say? Does he have the stamina for re-election? Looks like he's tied all the time. And that Christine Jean-Pierre, whatever her name, Corrine Jean-Pierre, 
could not just control herself. She started giggling and panicking and hyperventilating. She could not come up with an answer. Let's out, let's see how she did with Steve Ducey, another Fox guy, who's great, by the way. The White House correspondent over there. Cut 50, if you don't mind. Cut 50. Okay, so as you say that Americans are well-positioned to weather this stock market decline, what is the president's message to somebody who might want to retire, but their 401k is getting wiped out? So we know we know that the, that higher prices are having a real effect on people's lives. We get that, and we are incredibly focused on doing everything that we can to make sure that it, the economy is working for every American people. But we are coming out of the strongest job market in in American history, and that matters. And that a lot of that is thanks to the American Rescue Plan, which only Democrats uh, voted for that. Republicans did not, and it led to uh, this this economic boom, this historic economic boom that we're seeing. All right. They're working hard for every American people. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not reassured. Not reassured. Hey, one other thing more locally, Eric Adams uh, saying, oh, he's not worried about the cops quitting the police force left and right. Not worried about it one bit whatsoever. Uh, You should be, pal. You should be, because where are you going to get the replacement cops? Who's going to sign up for your police department, especially when you went out of your way to call white officers crackers? You said that out loud. All right. I do have to go across the street. The one guy's been on hold longer than anybody else. We've got uh, Dave in Ohio. Hi, Dave. You're on the air. No, he was on so long, I think he walked away from the phone. He put us on hold. That's okay. Uh, let's try Paul. He's uh, Where are you, Paul? Hello. Hey, I'm in Dutchess County. Um, called before, Greg. Uh, two points I'd like to make. First is the uh, those sniveling Capitol Police. They, they make it sound like they were attacked by Roman legions with uh, pools of blood and hacked off limbs. The whole thing was a street fight, well, be it a big one. But the thing is, it, it looks like a setup. If you look historically, there was the Reichstag fire in 1933 Germany, which was an excuse to seize power. There's a movie that uh, was on OAN. It's called Capital Punishment, the Mo- Capital Punishment, the Movie.com. I watched it. The conclusion you can draw from this is the whole thing was a setup. It goes into a lot of detail. It gives you a lot of information what happened on that day, and it's really worthwhile watch. Uh, yeah, I know about the Reichstag situation. I'll check it out. Uh, what's it called again? Capital Punishment, the Movie.com. All right, Capital Punishment, the Movie.com. Hey, Paul, thanks for that. Uh, what's the other thing you wanted to say real quick? Well, that was it. The only thing is I sent you some uh, information on some ministries yesterday to uh, one of your, I think, your podcast. Uh, things. Uh, all so right. I'll, I will check it out. That. Listen, I got to go, everybody. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry, Dino, John, Paul, Rachel, Pamela, the rest. I got to go. Even though, actually, it's not in such a rush anymore. It's not on until 10 o'clock. But I do have some things to take care of. Thank you so much. To be continued, I'll see you on Newsmax. Tonight at 10 p.m. East Coast, 7 Pacific, uh, 8 Mountain, uh, what is that, 9 Central, right? Okay, thank you, thank you. Phew.